Hello, listeners, and welcome to What Are You?, a podcast exploring aspects of race and identity through a biracial and multiracial lens. I'm your co-host, Paula Thomas, and when joined, as always, as you know, with my co-host, my brother, Mr. Stacey Thomas. What's going on, y'all? So, Stace, what is going on today? Well, the last couple weeks, the news cycle has been dominated by the Russia invasion of Ukraine. And something has come recently in these last couple days that has usurped that dominance. And of course, that is the Oscar slap of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock because Chris Rock made a joke that Will Smith deemed was too far about his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. So when you first saw it, like, what was your initial impression? So I didn't see it live and I was just seeing things come up on my social media feed and I... The way I was described, at first I thought, was this a media stunt? Is this like not Mm -hmm. even real? Like, this can't really happen. Well, I think a lot of people thought that. And then, obviously, I was able to see, uh, you had to see the feed from another country because Mm -hmm. the U.S. censored it. And so I watched the the feed that other countries were able to see. And I was like, okay, that really happened. And Chris, like Chris Rock himself was shocked. Mm-hmm. Like he was really, really oh, who shocked. wouldn't be? He was really shocked that this this happened, and I was shocked that this happened. I think the whole audience and everybody watching was like, "What? What's going on?" Yeah. Uh, and then once you you see that, and you see very two very famous people, particularly two famous black men, that you know have had a previous, let's say, relationship, just being in black Hollywood circles, mm-hmm. they, they they know each other, and then of course the inevitable conversation that people start having is. Was that okay? Was he in the right or who mm-hmm. was in the wrong? And we start getting super binary on that. I have to say my first thoughts were like surprise. And then also just like like nobody escorted Will Smith out. Like they were just gonna be like, oh, you can just go ahead and sit there for the rest of the ceremony. And like and like nobody got up and did anything. And I was just like, oh, everybody's just gonna like sit there and and watch this. So I was like, oh, okay, like, all right. Yeah. And I know myself after that, I started reflecting my initial impression was, you know, Will Smith was just out of line Mm -hmm. like that. That was just too far for a a, a joke about somebody who's in a a public eye, Mm -hmm. which is something comedians tend to do. Uh, And just physical violence, I think it was just a bridge too far. It's inappropriate. Yeah. It's inappropriate response. Yes. And that's what, again, this is my initial impression. How about your initial impression? Yeah, I thought it was just, uh, I thought it was a joke that, you know, had we just moved on, like there was no slap. Like, I don't think anybody was going to remember that joke at all. But the more I thought about it, the more, there's layers to this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of layers to black men, black women, their relationships, Hollywood, appropriate responses, mental health. I th- This story has a lot of different places that this can go. And I think we should do like a little bit of a deeper dive into some of those things. Yeah, so I just named my initial impression. That's where I was at. I, I f- again, I felt like a comedian could make a joke about somebody in the public eye that didn't seem uh, out of bounds to me. But like, you're right. Like, again, like examining... The actual joke in the context of, you know, what's the punchline 
of the joke is about a a woman, particularly a black woman. And her appearance. And her appearance and losing her hair from somebody who did a documentary right. <laughs> on black hair. Yeah, called call good hair. <laughs> called good hair. Like So he's familiar with this. Mm-hmm. And he chose to go there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. As I thought about it, too, that's kind of where I went with it, too. And I, I've read some responses on social media and different places. And people have a variety of responses. And I think part of that is depending on your personal experiences and who you are can inform what your reaction to that would be. You know, some people were like, oh, G.I. Jane was a strong character. I didn't think it was a, I didn't think it was demeaning. And some people were just like, she's a beautiful woman, strong and just shaved her head. And I thought that was the look she was going for, or, you know, a variety of things. Some people are like, oh, comedians say too much. They go too far. But I just want to go from it, from this angle about how, for some black women, this is problematic. So as we all know now, <laughs> I don't know if everybody knew then, but Jada Pinkett Smith uh, suffers from alopecia and she lost lots of her hair. And as a black woman myself, I know that your journey with your hair is a process that you go through in life. And I mean, that, that could be for any woman, honestly, but you know, especially for black women. And oftentimes black people's hair has been deemed unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And according to Global Citizen, Black women are twice as likely to feel pressure to conform to Eurocentric beauty standards to be taken seriously at work compared to white women and are 1.5 times more likely to be sent home from the workplace because of their hairstyle. And a 2020 study found that Black women with natural hairstyles are less likely to get interviews than white women or Black women with straightened hair. And I just want to point out too, like, and maybe this, maybe this isn't always true, but this is just sort of my observation. Check out Michelle Obama post first lady years. I feel like when you see her out and about on her own time, her hair is curly. But the moment she gets on camera for something, her hair is straightened out or blown out. And I think that says a lot about the impression or the look that you're trying to give to a, a broader audience. And to counteract some of that discrimination, there is a law called the Crown Act that has been passed in eight states to protect citizens from discrimination for how they choose to wear their hair or represent their heritage. And let's remember, too, that Jada Pinkett Smith is also an actress, an actor. She's not just Will Smith's wife. And as we all know in Hollywood, your appearance, as well as your age for a woman, is tied to how much work you can get and, you know, and how much money you can earn. And Chris Rock made those comments about her appearance in front of her peers. You know, that's just something to, to remember and, and think about the, the venue in which that's also happening. Yeah, I am not a woman, nor am I a Black woman, for sure. So I, I can't really say, like, whether this was out of bounds or not. Mm-hmm. My only way I can look at it is there are other celebrities that are made fun of for their appearance. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why I mentioned the public eye thing. If you're in the public eye, that's part that goes with that. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying that's cool. But that goes along with also making money being in the public eye. Mm -hmm. That is the life that you chose. And so therefore that happens. But I can't judge, again, that's not my identity. I can't judge whether that goes over a line or not. Well, I think 
I will say, even though I really appreciate the comedic talents of Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, there are times that during their their skits when they talk about women that I just sometimes kind of want to cringe a little bit. And I think I mean, you often talk about Stace with, you know, about decolonizing our minds. And I think that with those gentlemen as well, that sometimes they need to understand the underlying misogyny or misogynoir uh, in some of their work, even though I don't think that they probably think that they are. And I probably think they probably think they respect black women. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that they like constantly disrespect women, but I think sometimes we have to check ourselves about what we're putting out there in the world. And hey, we're all brought up in the same culture. Sometimes we need to look at those underlying factors. Yeah, and I've seen some people that have applauded Will Smith for his action, Mm -hmm. like standing up for his partner. Some have said that's like the most uh, high form of expression of love that he is displaying by doing that, by trying to show up and, and be this protector. Although that could also be layered in some patriarchal, like, I need to do that, mm-hmm. like, through physical action. Right. <laughs> right. You, you know, uh, but some people have really appreciated that that point. But, you know, we were discussing, Paula, just what was it that got Will Smith to that point? Yeah. Because I know a lot of people have pointed out that when the joke was initially made, mm-hmm. he was laughing as well. Great. I don't know what that laugh was. I don't know if it was a nervous laugh it, or like yes, a, a, yes. he was pissed off laughing. I don't know the right. intent behind the laugh. Right, right. And I think we were talking about this yesterday in our pre-production meeting was there was something already there. Right. For Will Smith. To yeah, you go, don't just get to 10 yeah, right away. Yeah, you don't go from zero to 10, like all of a sudden that just clicked. Like some, something was already going on in his head. Mm-hmm. Whether that was between him and Jada, between him and Chris Rock, between him and the audience, like the Academy or whatever. It's funny. Something there mm-hmm. was already simmering. Right. For him to then go and act. Right. In that way. No, and I think this speaks to the act of assault or violence in that action. You know, I think we need to think about, too, as we as black people, as people of color, or it really, honestly, all people, especially those of us who are not millionaire celebrities, we need to find the tools or avenues to deal with issues when we are triggered like apparently Will Smith was. Because unlike him, we don't have the luxury of fame and celebrity to protect us when things escalate, like because things can get out of hand real quick and we could lose our jobs or job opportunities, have charges brought up against us, pay large fines, you know, maybe even go to jail. All of these things can affect your income, your family security, your ability to be there for your family. Like we have to realize that in our lives, who are not in tuxedos and millionaires, things can go bad really quickly. Yeah, and I think this is a big comment just on how people of color often have to hold back what they want to say or how they want to act, especially in predominantly white spaces. Mm -hmm. And another thing that kind of peaked its head was kind of a little bit in the news cycle that was happened last week was the confirmation hearing of Kentonji Brown-Jackson. Yeah, to the Supreme Court. Yes. And she was being asked a series of questions that a lot of people are like, how is she just sitting there 
and and taking that, whether she's too lenient on child pornographers or how she's sitting on a board for a school that supposedly has critical race theory in Mm. their curriculum, which is not true. Right. But what we saw from Kentonji Brown Jackson was a very different response than Will Smith had. Right. She's in a predominantly white space. Yeah. And given this is more of a job interview for her rather Mm -hmm. than like a recognition of past work. And she chose to externally project calm. Mm -hmm. That was how she decided to handle that moment. Right. Now, again, would she be within her rights to come back at Ted Cruz with some stuff? Yes. And but it's like you said, Paula, you know, she's not a millionaire. Right. <laughs> like she wants this job. Yeah, she wants this job. You know, I'm not saying she's not well off because she is, but you know, she's not at the Will Smith status where you can get away with certain things. So she chose to externally project calm, measured, and that's how she responded. Yeah, I believe Ted Cruz had asked her, the senator from Texas, by the way, who asked her I guess he had like a, a big image of Ibram X. Kennedy's anti-racist baby children's book up and yes. asked her if she thought babies were racist. I just... <laughs> exactly. I mean, think about this. This is for the highest court in the land. This is an interview. A senator is actually asking you this question. Right. And she took that long pause, sigh. Yeah, she started with one answer and then she took like a 15 to 20 second like pause Mm -hmm. to gather herself because you know in her head like this (laughs) man is crazy. He getting on my last nerve. I can't believe he's asking me this. This is being shown across the world by confirmation hearing. But because of that, because being shown across the world, what are they going to say? Obviously, they're going to call her an angry black woman. Right. If she responded any other way. Like if she responded, like Brett Kavanaugh responded during his confirmation hearings where he insulted okay. senators, okay. went off, yelled at people, mm-hmm. got all snooty through a tantrum. Still got the job, by the way. Still got that job. And you notice how... Credibly accused of sexual assault. Still got that job. Yes. And you see how his supporters were saying, well, I'm glad he did that. He, he didn't back down, mm-hmm. you know, but when a person of color, particularly a black woman does that, mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, she's she's crazy. I can't believe she did that. You know, I even think about the vice presidential debates that happened between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times Mike Pence was saying some crazy stuff. So it's just some way out there stuff. And Kamala Harris was listening to that, and you could tell she's being really patient. She did have some facial expressions. She didn't say anything. She didn't interrupt him, even though she he interrupted her several times, and he had to. She had to check him, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, man, I let you finish. You need to let me do that." But she was really, really trying to be measured. But while she was doing that. She had a couple different facial expressions. Oh. And God forbid a black woman have some facial expressions. <laughs> and not you, be a robot. That you don't like. Mm-hmm. And there was all kinds of uh, 
you know, I saw on social media so so many ways that how dare Kamala Harris react this way. And it's like, she didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. She didn't even say anything. Right. But it was just her facial expressions. Right. That were coming under scrutiny and fire, like as disrespectful. Right. Yeah. I will say even the hearings for Kataji Brown Jackson, Judge Jackson, I should say. I mean, we're so bad that even like a lot of newspapers and like regular media, they don't like to like overly call out racist things because I don't know, white people always hate to call things racist. They really do. <laughs> it's really hard for them. Yeah. Even they were all like, oh, this is racist. Like all the, all the articles I was reading about it were like just up front. They were like, yeah, this is bad. This is bad. And Lindsey Graham, the senator from South Carolina, threw a hissy fit a hissy fit during the hearings. But we should all know that he voted for her twice already for two different uh, positions on the U.S. District Court of, of, of Appeals and the U.S. District Court of D.C. in 2013. And the last vote he did for her was in 2021. He voted for her as recently as last year. But all of a sudden, a couple months later, she's going to Supreme Court and she's now unacceptable. And so that just tells you the game that they're playing. They know what they're doing. It's like you say, Paula, it's a grift. Yeah. It's a grift. Like, don't really, they don't believe their own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They just feel like they have permission to act that way and they can. So they do. Yes. And then so this goes back to what we were originally talking about. So Judge Jackson is being, being submitted to all of these kind of, not really founded kind of attacks from these senators on the Senatorial Judicial Committee. And she is choosing to project a measured calm approach. Mm-hmm. So I guess that just begs the question as we, you know, connect it back to what we saw at the Oscars. Yeah. Is how much as we as people of color are we supposed to like hold back? Mm-hmm. So after we've been subjected to all this marginalization or we proceed as an attack, and then when we react, then people end up judging us Mm -hmm. for that. Right. Or in a case of law enforcement, you can die. Right. For having a reaction, being human. Right. Have you ever, Stace, felt like you had to restrain yourself in sort of white spaces? All the time. (laughs) All the time. That's, That's not uncommon at all. As I've gotten older, uh, I don't have to restrain myself as much. Getting closer to five zero in age. So when you get that close, like I'm just going to say what's on my mind. But I couldn't do that when I was younger in mostly white spaces. There's a lot of white fragility involved. Like I could say like it is, but you can't handle that. And I know that because when other people have brought some things up, white tears have come out. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that's also that you're able to communicate better too as you're older? Of course, I've definitely grown and I'm I'm getting better at articulating. I'm still a work in progress. Sure, sure. But you're not going up slapping people. I'm not going up <laughs> slapping people. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But I, I I am trying different things in order to articulate, you know, when I think things aren't okay or when I think things are oppressive mm-hmm. or marginalizing or harmful to not only some of the identities I have, but to others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's an art to that in order to get white folks to hear those things. Yeah. Or even people of color who, like we said before, are, are used to being in that environment. And so, 
even people of color might need to receive things a certain way yeah. in order for them to be accepted. Yeah. So how do you think we should look at Will Smith or Chris Rock or Jada Pinkett Smith or any of these people here on forward? Yeah, I would just say it's just really, really complex. I think it's not as simple as like whether Will Smith shouldn't have did that or not do that or Chris Rock shouldn't have made the joke or not made the joke. I just don't think it's that simple. I think there's just so many different ways that we can look at this and and, and talk about this. I like what you said earlier, Paula, although they're very rich, they're still two black men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> having funny. to work something out. Yeah, having to work something out in public. You know, I know that Will Smith later apologized to Chris Rock on Instagram, and you said that Chris Rock. Chris also Rock apologized. has since apologized mm-hmm. as well, saying that he felt his joke went over the line. Oh, it's a teachable moment. Yeah, but I, I don't know if. So here's the thing. What? This is where the complexity. I, I don't know if either of these two really believe that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that was real or not. They're just trying to. Their publicists had to put something out. Yeah, I mean. Will Smith's publicist and Denzel Washington talked to Will Smith after mm-hmm. the slap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the thing I will say about this incident too, and I just want to mention is it, it took away from other people's win. Yes. And I believe that uh, fellow Philadelphian Questlove won for best documentary for summer of soul that's right he did and had an acceptance speech afterwards but like nobody's really listening paying attention or giving the the time to him because you know they're all just in shock about what they saw yeah same with ariana debose who won for west side story is openly queer Mm -hmm. latina yeah and she also won and that was also pretty monumental right and we're not talking about that Right. He, that's what that's what happens sometimes with violence. We talked about almost just over a year ago. We were so excited when the runoff Georgia Senate races mm-hmm. actually went to Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. Yes. And the very next day, when we got the results and we're getting ready to celebrate, mm-hmm. that's when the January six attacks happened. So right. we didn't have chance to even right do that. That's that's what violence can do. Swallows up all the joy. It swallows up a lot of things. It swallows up a lot. Again, I am not saying whether things are justified or not justified. I'm just saying that it could be an overwhelming thing that we end up talking about in conversations and feelings. And Mm -hmm. there's no room for other things to happen. And I like how you said that, Paula, just now. Like, sometimes that also overwhelms and we can't even talk about joyful things and awesome things that have happened. Right. Right. No, I think there are a lot of ways that it could have been handled differently. Hopefully, those two gentlemen can grow from the experience, I hope. Hopefully, the uh, conversations that are had about this are as layered as we're having, too. So it's not just about, did you see that slap? Oh, my God. (laughs) But, you know, we all... Those are going to happen. It's going to (laughs) happen. Sure, sure. And I think initially, we were all saying that. But I think this story does lend itself to some, like we talked about today, some underlying layers. It's a deeper dive. And and I like how you brought it over to Kentaji Brown Jackson and also to Kamala Harris and what is acceptable and not acceptable in certain spaces for people of color and black people specifically. Lot to learn. Thanks, Stacey T, for another great discussion. And thank you to our listeners out there 
If you have any other topic ideas or questions for us or feedback, please email us at whatareyou1619 at gmail.com. Also, follow us on our Instagram at whatareyoupod. And also, if you are following us on Apple Podcasts, then please leave a positive rating if you like what you're hearing. Make sure you hit the subscribe, especially listening on Stitcher as well as Spotify or wherever you may get your podcasts. I'm Paula Thomas. And I'm Stacy Thomas. Stay safe and healthy. Spooky Calavera on the beat, y'all. Mm-hmm.